Hey, it's Keith from Alien Ghost Robot Creative Media. Two quick notes. First, hang around after the credits to hear some trailers from other audio fiction podcasts you might like. Second, if you're enjoying this show and would like to support it and other programs like it, I'd be thrilled to have you join my Patreon. You can listen to all our shows ad-free and get some cool perks too. The link is in the show notes or at thelovetalker.com. Thanks. The Love Talker is a folk horror audio fiction production and contains mature content, including adult language, violence, domestic abuse, and sexual assault. A complete list of content warnings for this episode can be found in the show notes. Listener discretion is advised. For the best audio experience, we recommend listening with headphones. I know that I didn't always love Ran, but I can't seem to remember when it happened anymore. She's become inescapable. She's a deep well with slippery sides, and nothing will stop gravity from pulling me down into the dark water. I'll fall in. The world at the top will go on without me. And I'll sink deeper and deeper wait for the water to fill my lungs she won't notice the world won't notice and uh, I won't care it's not her fault she, she don't know she don't owe me anything just it's always supposed to have been her even when it wasn't There are times when Wren was just Wren. My first memory of her was in first grade, at school in Saltville. We were outside playing before classes started. Ground was covered in leaves, end of autumn. Chill seeped in through our secondhand coats. We had to keep running, keep playing to keep warm. Which is why it was strange to see her just standing at the edge of the playground, by the fence, her back to everyone. She was staring at the ground. It was Janet who saw her first. Hey, Tyler. Huh? She was my best friend. Janet was. Who's that? I don't know. Someone new? What's she doing? What's she looking at? We should be friendly. Come on. The new girl wore a patched dress and a handmade knit cap. Bright red hair. Like some kind of strange fire in the chilly air. Spilled out from under it. Nothing. I wonder if she heard me. Hey, I'm Janet. This is Tyler. What's your name? She turned around then and stared at us. It was unnerving. 
She had pretty eyes. Even then, I remember how striking they were. No. No, wait. Uh, we were only six. I, I didn't think like that then. Ren was just Ren. But she had this sharp, cool expression. Smart and perceptive. She saw us. She took us in, the playground, the school, almost the whole world in a single look, and she just had no reaction to it all. Catherine? Are you new? Am I? She tilts her head as if she doesn't understand the question, and then she turns back to look at the ground at her feet. What you looking at? There's something at her feet, just on the inside of the fence. Small, gray shape. It's a bird. A morning dove. Dead. <gasps> its head is twisted strangely. Its feet are curled up, grasping at nothing. Oh no! What, what happened? Did you hurt it? No. Did someone shoot it? My daddy says we should only shoot animals that are dangerous or we're gonna eat. Maybe a cat got it. What should we do? Should we tell Miss Adams? Rand crouches and picks it up in her hands, unafraid. Janet and I are still kids. We're still afraid of dead things. Or more like, we don't really understand them. They're a mystery hinting at some mortality we'll have to face eventually. My daddy hunted squirrel and possum, deer when he could get one. But I was just six. I was spared the butchering process. There were animals and there was meat. But the space between the two was unclear. Except, watching Ren fearlessly pick up the dove, it was... It was like she and Death were old friends. She turns it over in her hands, watching as its head lolls this way. Now that. We should get a shoebox. We should get a shoebox and put it in, and then we can bury it. Oh, you want to bury it? We could hold a funeral. Like like they did in that book Miss Adams read to us, about the goldfish who died and the family put him in a box and buried him. Where should we bury it? Uh... What about the flagpole? We could see him every day, and we could cry if we need to, and we can remember him. Ugh. Okay. Uh... Where can we get a shoebox? Rand ignores us. She brings the bird to her face, and she... She smells it. Like you might a flower. And, and then she gently rubs it against her cheeks, feeling the feathers tickle over her skin. And then, without warning, she hurls the bird over the fence, or it disappears into the trees just beyond. Hey! Why did you do that? It's dead. You shouldn't worry about it. I can't tell if Janet's about to bust into tears or throw herself in anger at the new girl. She glares at her, fists clenched, confused. But Ren just stares right back, unmoved and unthreatened. Instead, she points to the swing sets. What are those? What? Uh, Those? Those are swings. Never been on swings before? No. Well, come on. I'll push you. You too, Janet. I... Uh... Okay. Janet was mad. For about five minutes. 
But then she just sort of forgot about the bird, and I pushed them on the swings. First one, then the other, until Janet was laughing and Ren was smiling. Smiling was about the best you could get out of Ren in elementary school. I didn't wonder too much about that. I don't really think I understood this back then, but a lot of us at the school were poor. And some of the poor kids were really, really poor. My daddy's a carpenter, which is sort of feast or famine, but we did okay. Janet's mom did hair, sometimes. And she was sober. But Ren had that look. Thin, tired, haunted. Even if we didn't understand, we knew. She'd come from the hills, but they got next to nothing. Her life's hard and people are harder. And even though her adopted family did okay by her, she grew out of the thin and tired. The haunted stuck. She carried something down off the mountain with her. Anger, for one thing. She's like hot ashes covered by dirt. Drop a little fuel, and suddenly there's a fire. Ren had been in school, I guess, a couple months when I saw the rage that fills her up for the first time. I had gone to the fair in Kibkibney with my dad and had won this pink, sparkly pin in one of the games. Had a feather sprouting from the top, stars all over the body, and wrote in this hot pink ink. Seems like Ren didn't have many colorful things in her life. So I gave it to her. Here. What's this? It's a pink pen. You can have it. She turned it over in her fingers as if it were an alien thing. And she uncapped it, sniffed the tip, smelling the cheap fumes. Then she stared at me, as if confused. It's okay. I don't want it. Give me your hand. Huh? Why? Just give it. I held out my hand, and she grabbed my forearm, holding it still. And then with great concentration, she drew a pink heart on my wrist, right over the veins. I mean, it was kind of misshapen. None of us had great penmanship that young. But there it was, this crooked heart on my skin. There. I stared at that heart, confused and touched. Was this the moment I fell in love with her? No, I I didn't love her then, but that gesture opened a part of me that hadn't before. Sometimes I'll dream of that bright pink heart, a little deformed and glowing like the sun, even today. The next thing I recall about that day was during centers. We were all in different parts of the classroom. Some of us were reading books, some of us coloring... Some of us playing with math toys. Miss Adams was on the other side of the classroom working with a small group. I forget what I was doing, but I look over and I see Yvette Brown laying on the carpet, feet kicked up behind her lazily, drawn with that pink pen. I don't know how she got it. I remember her as being kind of selfish and stuck up, but come on, what kid isn't? Anyway, the next thing I see is Wren walking over to her, and the storm is in her eyes. Yvette doesn't see her coming. Ren stands over her a moment. Then, without a second of hesitation, she turns around, pulls down her sweatpants, and pisses all over the back of Yvette's neck and head. Yvette thrashes and squirms, but Ren just keeps going, staring at her over her shoulder with this black look on her face. Miss Adams rushes over. Catherine! 
But she doesn't. She looks up at Miss Adams without a trace of shame or guilt and keeps right on pissing just until Yvette, soaked and humiliated, manages to run away to sob in a corner of the room. Catherine! There's no remorse on her face as she pulls up her pants. Everyone else in the classroom is staring. We can't believe what just happened. Rand gets sent to the principal, refuses to apologize to Yvette, gets sent home. There were punishments, but it didn't matter. Rand didn't seem to mind them. I asked her later why she did it. She took my pen. The pink heart was still staining in the skin of my wrist. After that, it was always hard for Rand to make friends. Everyone was scared of her. Even Janet kept her distance. She really only stayed friends with Rand because I was friends with both of them and always tried to include them in whatever I was doing. I knew Janet had it rough at home and Rand was alone on that bleak farm. I just figured we'd all be better together. Anyway, Janet changed her tune about Rand a couple of years later. Janet was absent from school for a few days. When she came back, she was walking slow. She seemed withdrawn and sad. Wouldn't talk to the teachers. It was late August and hot, but Janet was wearing tights under her dress. At recess, the three of us hid out of view from everyone else behind this ancient AC unit. Water trickling out and muddy in the ground around it. Come on, Janet. Tell us what happened. Janet pulled down her waistband just enough to show us. There were makeshift bandages on her belly, below her navel and across her hips, some of them still bloody. Her mother's latest boyfriend had taken a broken bottle to her, cut her up, did other things. She started crying again, more from the shame than the pain she felt. I watched Wren kneel down in the mud, studying the bandages with this intense curiosity for a few moments before she said it doesn't matter at first I was angry I thought she was calling her weak telling her to get over it but then Wren turned around lifted her shirt showed us her bare back there were scars there old strap marks where she'd been beaten by a belt there were long cuts too like white rivers running alongside her spine jagged and rough, angry looking. See? These weren't fresh, though. She hadn't gotten them from her new parents. They were from before she was adopted. She pulled her shirt back down and shrugged at us. It doesn't matter. We're still here. Come on, Janet. Tyler is going to push us on the swings. And I did. Janet felt better, and in a few days wasn't limping anymore. The two girls became best friends. And that was us until we went to middle school. That's when the changes started. I mean, that's a hard time for any kid, but it was really hard on all of us. We were all growing, changing, filled with new feelings, carrying anger and fear from childhood. But we had nothing to do. Nowhere to put all that. Library shelves were bare, There weren't that many school clubs. We lived so spread out and our parents were either working or passed out or missing. What were we supposed to do? Play bingo at the VFW? Go hiking on the trails? The trails were for tourists. You'd see them drive up in their expensive cars, tour the old mill, complain about the heat, and drive off again, taking their money with them. 
Now, even at 12 and 13, we absorbed the anger of our world. And we put it into violence or tried to blot it out, chasing oblivion. It was in middle school that she started going by Wren instead of Catherine. And then, as if she decided it was so, she started calling me Ty. She was starting to soften. Okay, a, a little. I know every kid looks to their peers to learn how to behave, but I think with Wren, it, it didn't come naturally. I saw her a few times, watching other students and mimicking their facial expressions. The way they talked and carried themselves, she, she had to practice, I guess. The only thing that came natural to her was anger. But I didn't realize how angry she was until eighth grade. Ren matured early. By 14, she'd already filled out. She's not voluptuous or anything. She has this wiry quality to her. But many boys couldn't take their eyes off her. I I know that while I noticed her body then, I, I still didn't think of her that way. She was my friend. That was all. I think. I'm sorry, it's, it's hard to remember clearly that the present keeps color in the past. But, um, uh, right, eighth grade. There was this kid, Colt. Opioids had flooded the mountains. Meth was still a popular choice, too. Colt's older brother was a dealer. Kind of big time, for Saltville anyway. Had his own little gang, and Colt was a kind of mascot for it, I guess. <laughs> Colt's brother was hot shit, so Colt thought he was too. <laughs> there was an assembly. Most everyone was already there. I had to go to the bathroom, and Ren was getting something from her locker. She said she'd wait for me out in the hall. Colt was in the bathroom, alone, with a black marker writing racial slurs and dirty words on one of the stalls for his own amusement. He even managed to spell some of them right. I didn't say nothing. No one messed with Colt for fear of his older brother. He just sneered at me and left. So I did what I came in to do, washed up, and went out into the hall. But Ren wasn't waiting for me at her locker. Ren? I immediately guessed what had happened. There was a stairwell at the end of the hall. A little secluded corner. There. Come on. Show me what you got. I know you got good ones. You're shaking them around all the time. Come on, playboy. Heard you pulled down your pants in kindergarten. This ain't no different. He'd backed her up against the wall. She was taller, but he was stocky. Heavy bones knitted with cruel muscle. He was leaning in his grubby hands on her, his crooked teeth bared in a sick smile. Ren was very still, tense, staring at him. She seemed frozen. He hadn't seen me yet. You got that red hair, playboy? Does the carpet match the drapes? His hand went down the front of her jeans. She didn't react at all. Her pupils were big black pools. Like she was just processing all this studying him let her go I punched him in the ear he fell off rounded on me we struggled a moment then he got me across the nose he hit me again and I crashed to the floor 
blood filled my mouth. Motherfucker! I fucking killed you! I think he meant it too. He dropped on me hard. He's glowing with rage. He beats me over and over until she has him. One hand yanking his hair back hard, the other gripping his head. He struggles a moment, but then she digs two fingers into his eye and pushes. Blood spurts from his face, raining down on me. She twists her fingers deeper and deeper until she's up to the second knuckle. And then, with a scooping motion, she pulls out whatever's left of his eye. He doesn't stop screaming, even when the paramedics arrive. They have to sedate him in the ambulance. But before all that, I I look up at Wren with gore on her fingers and a fistful of his greasy hair. There's that hard, cold stare again. No pity as she looks down at him, no disgust about what she's done. But more than that, she's very calm. Her breathing is slow and even. Through all of that, she didn't even break a sweat. Come on, Tyler. We're okay now. There's a police investigation. I tell them what happened. Between Wren's troubled past, Colt's family life, and the assault, they consider it self-defense. They don't charge Wren with nothing. Cops look deeper into Colt's home life. They discover his older brother's business, who goes to jail. Colt, with an eye patch, gets put into foster care and moved to another part of the state. So, no payback, I guess, from anyone. Even the teachers are afraid of Wren now. But I don't blame her, after what he did. And Janet, well, Janet understands about boys like Colt and what they do. And men like him, too. The men her mother brings home, who trade meth for a turn with Janet. She became Wren's defender at school. Anyone started talking shit about her, Janet would shut them down fast. But still, the rest of the year, everyone stared at her. And us. When the year ended, I... I think we hoped high school would be a new start. After what happened, Wren's adopted parents kept her at home all summer. They were afraid, too. I only got to spend any time with her one late July night. Janet and I hatched a plan to sneak her out and go night swimming at a lake near family's farm. It was warm and clear. Pine trees threw shadows over the gently rippling water and the little fishing pier we sat on. Janet and I had worn our swimsuits under our clothes, but when Wren undressed in the shadowy dark, she wasn't wearing anything. Janet and I both stared as she slipped into the water. I, I can't. Why not? Well, Tyler is here for one. Hey, 
Uh, I don't mind. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> it was just banter. I didn't really think of either of them that way. But I was 14. It was hard not to think of that stuff. You know, generally. Oh, come on, I dare you. I... I, I can't. Janet wraps her arms around herself, stares down at the dock. It's a haunted look in her eyes. I guess with what's going on at home, it's to be expected. I don't know what to say, but Wren swims up to the dock, looks her in the eyes. It's your body, not theirs. And it's just swimming. Okay. And she did. I looked away as she undressed. It just... It didn't seem right to peek. Besides, she was my friend. (laughs) See, I told you. Your turn, Tyler. (laughs) I could just make them out in the dark. The moonlight reflecting off the lake. Water coming up to their shoulders. Janet was giggling. I think she felt some relief, you know? Reclaiming something of herself. For a few minutes, anyway. Ren just smiled and watched, curious about what I'd do, evaluating. But I chickened out. Mm, nah, nah. You, you go ahead. Well, you can still swim. Come on. You sure? Yeah. So I stayed in my trunks and joined them. (laughs) So we swam in the dark water under a dim moon. I think all of us shed some of the weight we carried on our shoulders, at least for this one night. Even Ren laughed. Some. Eventually, we climbed onto the dock. Ren wrapped herself in a towel and lay down, staring up at the sky. Janet got her clothes on and joined her. So did I, dripping onto the rough wood of the pier. We're going to be here forever. Oh, what do you mean? Here, this town, these woods, these mountains. We're going to be here forever. God, I hope not. Would it be so bad to, I don't know, stay here and start a family or something? I can't. Can't stay? can't have children. It's what the doctor said. I'm tore up inside. Scar tissue. Nothing works right. I'm sorry. Uh, do you want a family, Ren? I have never even thought about it. No. I can't even... No. Why would you want to bring anyone else into this place? 
It's a trap. Can't you feel it? Don't you feel the world reaching out for you like hands tugging you down, down, down into the earth, weights on your limbs, stuck, trapped here with stupid kids and useless adults, stuck, stuck here forever. It makes me so angry. I'm not staying here. First chance I get, I'm leaving. I, I don't know how or where, but I can't stay here. I'm getting away from my mom and, and all her boyfriends and I'm never coming back. Do you think it'll be better somewhere else? It has to be. I reach over and I take her hand. On the other side, Ren does the same. She holds on tight like she's starved for the touch. You know, my dad says you can build a good house most anywhere. If you know what you're doing and you're with the right people. I hope wherever we end up, we're still together. Let's all leave together then. Right after graduation, we'll go. The three of us. Where will we go? Anywhere but here. Are you in? Yeah. Ren? Yeah, okay. But both of us knew that behind that faint, moonlit smile, she didn't believe it. This would be the last time the three of us were unguarded with each other. I think... I think I could have fallen in love with Ren then, but I don't, I don't think I did. In a few years, after high school, I'll see Ren naked again, only clearly. The two of us will make love. I'll be awkward and confused, but she'll move like a dancer, like she knew my own body better than I did. High school. Janet and I are talking out front. We hadn't seen much of each other since swimming. We hadn't seen Rand at all. Janet was wearing sunglasses. She had a black eye. But Janet never gave away too much of that part of her life at school. Hey. Hey. So. High school, huh? Yeah. Four more years. Yeah. Are you joining any clubs or sports or anything? Yeah. Thinking about it. Anything to keep from going home? I'm thinking about basketball. Maybe track? Track? Hmm. Rand pulls up in her father's truck. She gets out. We both saw it. There was something different in her. Even in the few weeks since the lake, she'd grown. Somehow, something indefinable. The way her clothes fit her curves, the unconscious way she tossed her red hair. She was still serious, still with that flinty veneer and intense eyes. But now she seemed comfortable 
in her own skin. A feat for ninth grade. We aren't the only ones to notice. Heads are turning her way. We were used to stares. Ren was trouble and she couldn't escape that reputation in our little town. But they were staring in curiosity now. Not fear. Hey. God, she's so pretty. Look at her eyes. Look at the shape of her lips, the, the way they curl like carved marble. In six years, she's atop me and her hair's spilling around my face and my hands hold her hips and... No! No, I, I, I don't see that yet. It, it's ninth grade. And Ren is still just my friend. Ren is Ren. I have to remember that. She's just Ren. And she walks up to us and says, Hey. Hey. Wow, you look... I don't know. You look good. Thanks. Sunglasses. It's fine. Yeah, you are. They embrace. And for the first time... I feel jealous, and I have no idea why. I got on the basketball team. The exercise did me good. I grew into my gawky frame, put on a little muscle. Janet did join track, training to do cross-country, 5K, 800-meter, whatever the longest distance. That's what she ran. But ran... Ren found boys. I should say they found her. They were drawn to her like iron filings to a magnet. They'd twist when she walked past, orienting themselves to her aura. She didn't even have to do much. A glance was often all it took, and they'd approach, say hi, offer to carry her bag, offer to help her with homework, tell her how pretty she was, and she let them. She spent her whole life on the outside, angry and alone. The attention (laughs) must have felt good. (laughs) And it was the teachers, too. Mostly the men, but even the women seemed to take it easy on her. Missed assignments forgiven, misbehavior let off with a warning, tardiness left unreported. She bought some history paper off the internet, and Mr. Dobson confronted her on it, threatened to fail her. I'd seen the cheerleaders toss their blonde hair, pout a little to try to get out of similar situations. But not Ren. She just looked him straight in the eye. She placed her hand atop his. You don't really want to do that. And his eyes got huge. Suddenly he was blushing, trying to cover it with a cough. He turned away and so did she. And that was the end of that. I asked her about it later. I don't know. People do whatever you ask if you know what they want. Figure that out and you can make anyone do anything. In 11th grade, Ren started going through boyfriends. One of her suitors would catch her eye and she'd pull him from the pack. She'd sleep with him right away. They'd date for a few weeks and then she'd get bored and dump them. This would repeat every couple of months. They never went down easy, her exes. They'd stalk her in the halls, leave dozens of texts, beg and plead for her to take him back. 
they'd come up to Janet and me and ask for help. Uh, but we didn't know what to tell them. Ran was going to parties, drinking, losing herself, and feeling good. We saw her less and less. She was dating this guy from the basketball team, Frankie, a senior. They'd been together a couple months. There was a party at his place. I was there. We were all pretty drunk. I'd been outside talking for a while and went in to use the bathroom. Don't, don't say that. Frankie was kneeling in the middle of the room, his shirt off. Rand was standing over him, holding a bottle of beer. There were other guys from the team in the circle around them, laughing and watching. Leave me alone. How many times do I have to tell you? We're done. She was drunk. Her eyes were cold, her lips curled into a sneer. He reached out for her, tried to pull on her shirt. She slapped him. Hands off me. Leave me alone. Please take me back. I'll do anything. I had never seen him like that before. Frankie was an A student, level-headed, good on the court. The teachers liked him. I, I don't even know why he ended up with Rand in the first place. There are tears streaming down his face as he looks up at her. Panic shivering through his body. Rand upends her beer and pours it all over him. Please. Soak him. Ren shoves me out of the way and storms outside. All the rest of the boys upend their beers onto Frankie until he's drenched in suds, just crying his eyes out. I run after her. Ren! Ren! Ren, stop! You gonna start stalking me now, too? What? Whoa, stop. What's going on? What the hell was that? You're breaking up with Frankie like that? What is wrong with you? He won't fucking leave me alone, Tyler. None of them will. It's been a nightmare. He won't stop texting me, calling me. He showed up at my house in the middle of the night trying to climb the porch to get in my room. He leaves gifts in my locker. I had to change the lock. He's been talking about marriage. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're all fucking like this. Well, maybe you shouldn't act like you do with them. Act like I do? What do you mean, Ty? Go on, spit it out. You're out of control. You're in this spiral and no one seems to be willing to stop you. No one sees it, but I do. You're partying all the time. You're using these guys. You... You fall into bed with them on the first fucking date. The what, jealous? You were too chicken shit to take off your bathing suit. Too afraid to show us your little thing. Afraid to show us your boner. Think you had a chance and now you regret it? I don't understand why you're so cruel. And I don't think you do either. I... I don't know. I just... I need to feel good. I need to feel something. I'm all alone in there, at the top of the fucking farmhouse, and I'm laying on the sheets at three o'clock in the morning. I have nightmares, Ty. Every fucking night, there's this weight, this 
cold, hollow spot inside me, and I have to fill it with something. I'm laying there, and it's like I'm chained to the world. I can feel animals crawling on the mountains. I can feel people hiding in their houses. The vibrations travel the whole planet just to crawl under my skin, and there's nothing I can do, nowhere for me to go. I just want to fill the empty spot with something. I can't believe it. Ren is crying. It's the first time I really see that something got broken inside her up on the mountain. I don't know what to say. I wish I had, though. It might have stopped what comes next. Frankie's soaked in beer. Still without a shirt on. No shoes, either. Jesus Christ. Ren, please, let's talk this through. I can't be without you. Please, I can't think of anything but you. I dream about you every night. I mean it. Every night. You're there. Give it a rest. I'm not exaggerating. I don't know what's happening to me. I'm... I'm fading away. And you're all that's left. Only, you're not there anymore, and... Listen, Frankie. It's done. We're done. You are fading away. From now on, I'm going to pretend like I don't even see you. As far as I'm concerned, you're invisible. But... What will I do? Go sit on the train tracks for all I care. Jesus. I'm going home. The CSX freight train was 150 cars long. Stretched a mile and a half, and it was traveling at full speed, 50 miles per hour. Loaded with coal and bound for Charleston, South Carolina. It was around four in the morning. Frankie didn't stand a chance. train didn't even slow down until it hit him. There was a note left by the tracks where he'd been waiting all night. It was on a ripped piece of notebook paper. It, it just said, Do you see me now? The police came and talked to Ren and to me again. But uh, just like always, it came to nothing. Tragic suicide, broken heart, foolish teenagers... No one could blame Ren for what happened to Frankie, of course. But everyone did. My dad was angry with me that I was at that party, so I was grounded for the rest of the year. I think, though, he did it to keep me away from her. But Ren made it easy. She avoided me. She avoided everyone, except for Janet. She and Janet still sometimes talked. She's confused and sad, I think. She hasn't been sleeping. Yeah? I bet she feels guilty about Frankie. I don't know. I can't tell. She doesn't talk about it much. Well, what do you two talk about then? Uh, usual stuff. TV, homework, what we're going to do after graduation. 
Why are you still friends with her? Because... Because we both have scars. Inside and out. And... Because we both get attention from men we don't want, and... And because she's alone. Guys don't understand. Girls need someone who sees the world in the same way, so we can compare notes and make sure we're not crazy. She told me she's just trying to fill this empty space inside her. That's not healthy to be around anyone like that. I don't want you to get hurt, Janet. She's broken. So she's got jagged edges that might hurt people, but if I leave her alone, what is she going to have to fill that hole? Drugs? Booze? Sex? Look around! What else is there in this town? I don't know. Maybe I can help her find something else to fill it with. At least just long enough until we can get out of here. Ren graduated with the rest of us, but didn't attend the ceremony. Probably for the best. There was a big memorial for Frankie. After, there were parties for a while. Some of us left for college or jobs elsewhere, but uh, most of us just kept on doing what we had been, only without school. I didn't have anything, so I started working with my daddy putting up drywall. Janet was working at Walmart trying to save up enough money to move away. Richmond, maybe. Roanoke. Anywhere but here. A year passed. Then another. I saw very little of either of them. I was thinking about going to trade school, getting an apprenticeship or something. But then she just showed up. It was May unseasonably hot the air was still and even at night the sweat just rolled down your skin I was still living with my parents it was late and they were asleep when I saw Ren standing at the edge of the driveway staring at the house we snuck back to my room sat on the bed in silence for a long time she looked exhausted and miserable Janet's leaving What? She's taking the money she saved and she's going to hike the Appalachian Trail. She's leaving soon. What? How long will she be gone? I don't know. Months? Till winter, maybe? Wow. Uh, okay. Um, but she'll be back and... Don't you get it? She's not coming back. Not here. Not really. She's going to find somewhere else and she's going to leave us. She's always said she would, Ran. And we're just going to let her? She draws her knees up to her chin and hugs them. I've never seen her look this lost and confused. I don't think we can make her do anything she doesn't want to do. She's all I have left. No one talks to me anymore except her. You don't talk to me anymore. Why don't you talk to me? Because you were cruel. Because you seemed like you were set on throwing your life down a hole and dragging everyone else with you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm... I'm sorry, too. All these years, you never... What? You never... 
tried to get with me. I didn't... I, I don't see you like that. You don't think I'm pretty? I've seen you look at me. I remember watching her hips sway. The way her sweater hugged her breasts. Those intense eyes, framed by red hair. Curl of her lips. Of course I saw. But the attraction, the need, that comes later. No. That comes now. Of course you're pretty, but you... You're my friend. You're the girl who was never afraid of anything. It's been forever since I felt good, Tyler. When Janet leaves, I'll be alone, and... I don't think I can be alone. You won't be alone. You can talk to me. Kiss me. The flush in my cheeks is instant. Something flutters in my throat and in my head. She locks her eyes with me, and I can't look away. I I know I shouldn't. I know how she's treated all the guys before me. I don't think of her that way. Not then. But now that I look at her, how could I have not realized the truth? That we were meant for each other. From the first day we met in the playground with that dead dove at her feet, we were meant to end up together. Everything we went through leads to this. I cup her cheeks in my hands. She breathes in deep, anticipating. I am the first hit of a craving being satisfied. Ren, don't. Don't. Don't do it. It's... Something is wrong. Please. Our lips touch. She pulls me to her urgently. Soon I'm running my hands all over her bare skin. She sits atop me, leaning forward, hair around my face. We're trying to be quiet so as not to wake my parents. My brain hums with nothing but her and this... This was the moment. I love you. It was always Ren. I have always, always loved her. The misshapen pink heart she drew on my wrist is incandescent. I love you too. Yes. Yes. Always. I am so happy. For several months, the news comes of Janet's disappearance. Ren takes it hard. The anger returns. She starts spending more time alone. She's avoiding me. Leave me alone unless I like you, then I'll call you back. Shit. And then, then she says she wants to break up. I don't understand. All those years to find each other, and now she wants to call it off? She's not thinking clearly. She's upset over Janet's death. I I mean, I understand. I, I am too. I just need to talk to her. We'll, we'll get through this together. What is your problem? Ren, 
Where are you? No, I asked you a question first. What is your problem? What do you mean? I, I was... I was trying 19 to... times! You texted me 19 times in the last two days, Tyler. You've called, you've left voicemails, and I didn't answer. What does that tell you? Rand, please, I... I just... I can't believe I have to say this again. But I want to be unambiguously clear. We're broken up. We're not dating anymore. You can't keep stalking me like this. I'm this close to blocking you with all my other exes. Why haven't you blocked me then? Because you were my friend. Because we've known each other for so long and... I mean, that's all messed up now. And I don't want it to be, but you're out of control. And I thought you were different. I'm sorry, I just... I... I love you. I know. Love screws everything up. But please... Stop calling. Stop texting or I will have to block you. Can you just tell me where you are? I'm worried. No one's seen you around. Abigail said you just took off yesterday. Ty... I can't stop thinking about you, Ren. You took off and... And I don't even know where you are and I... I feel like that if... If I don't get the chance to talk to you again, I'll... I'll... You'll do what Frankie did? Ran, that's... That's such an awful thing to say. Is it? Because you're starting to act a lot like he did. Jesus, every time. I'm not going through that again, do you understand? So I'm gonna ask you again. Tyler, are you going to do what Frankie did? No. Please, just tell me where you're going. I'll feel better if you just tell me. I'm going to kill Ruin. Why? To look for Janet? Ran. Don't treat me like a mental patient. Don't pity me. Everyone's given up on her. The cops, her family, and I just... I can't. You and she were my only real friends, and now... Well, now you're both gone. I'm not gone, Ren. We can still be friends. That's not how this works. Maybe it can. Just just give me a chance to make things right, please. Ty? You're breaking up mountains. Ty... Please, I love you. I, I can show you if you'll just come home. I... No, no. No, that's... I, I know she's right. I... I'm not. I'm not like Frankie. Am I? She just needs to... No. It's not her. It's me. She doesn't owe me anything. I just... Oh, if I can talk to her face to face... Then... Then... Then everything... Will be happy again. Thank you.
The Love Talker, Episode 7, Tyler, was written, directed, and sound designed by W. Keith Timms, engineered and composed by M.T. Goins, featuring John Cava as Tyler, Esther Moforth as Janet, Lev Rodriguez Shivers as Ren, Kelsey Painter as Miss Adams, Philip Kreinhoff as Colt and Frankie, and members of our ensemble, including Thomas Diaz, Diana Helen Kennedy, Philip Kreinhoff, Chelsea Krauss, Aaron B. Lillis, Kelsey Painter, Anthony Proctor, and Will Sanker. The Love Talker is a production of Alien Ghost Robot and Celebrity Tumor, and is produced by C.J. Penrith and Nancy C. Timms. For more information, visit thelovetalker.com. Please tell your family and friends about the show and leave stars or reviews on your favorite podcast platform. And be careful out there on the mountain. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Like I told you, no idea how I got inside. That memory jumps to an interior. I will tell you about that time I worked as a courier. I will tell it, and it will linger.
Celebrity Tumor presents Delivery I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles, and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rael. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts.